After all, the cross-generational podcast dedicated to discovering and rediscovering the social, political, and personal impact of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm your host, Ariel Fisher. And I'm Sylvia McCann. And welcome back, everyone. We continue with our sojourn through season two. And this week, episode two of season two, episode 26 altogether, I am curious, Cooper... Lou breaks with his not fixing people up with Mike Cooper rule and sets up Mary with his best friend, Mike Cooper. But there's no chemistry. So sad, sad, very sad, a very sad story, especially for Lou, who seems to be the uh, the primary figure in this relationship. Absolutely. (laughs) So this was a bit of a nothing. Yeah. Like it was a cute episode. I think the whole idea of of being the matchmaker and the responsibility that you put upon yourself by being the matchmaker and when your two matchmakees get together if it doesn't work out you feel fully responsible because you misread them or because you felt it was something you did or didn't do (laughs) as but it even seems like he's it doesn't it doesn't seem like he feels responsible for them not working out. It seems like he's offended on I, both of their behalfs that neither of them like each other that way. Kind of. Like they yeah. still like they still like each other. They, they think that they're nice people. Yeah. They enjoy speaking with one another, but there's just no as Mary puts it, there's no magic. There's no chemistry. There's no chemistry. Yes. So, have you ever been fixed up with anybody? I'm trying to remember. I think I did like a million years ago, mm-hmm. before I was married to your father, there was a guy who was the son of one of my parents' friends. Mm-hmm. And um, they figured, as you said, you know, I have a daughter and you have a son, therefore it must be love. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to even remember, did I go out on a date? Oh, and then I have then I have another one. But um, <laughs> did I go out on a date? If, if I went out on a date with this young man, it was so not memorable that I can't even remember if a date actually took place. Oh, that's if, not good. Or if I just said, no way, no how, not happening because mm-hmm. he's a geek. But um, <laughs> when we first arrived in Canada, um, we met uh, a family who lived in the same building mm-hmm. and they had uh, two sons and one was my sister's age and one was about my age a little bit older a little bit older than me mm-hmm. um and i think our parents said oh you guys should go out. i was like 13 at the time and maybe he was 14 or so and we went to a movie and he, his hands were like all over me and i was like mm, yeah no i don't like you <laughs> and that was the end of that 
And and I felt like, do parents not, not know what 14-year-old boys want to do with you? Well, like, yeah. I mean, thinking about it that way, it does strike me as strange that parents would try to set up their children. At this young age. But yeah. then keep in mind, this was this was like 1968. So if I was 13, they were already looking at me as, as marriage material for when I was 18 oh, or 19. Which so I'm, very old school. And I'm not even thinking about or keeping in mind other cultures where... Yeah. No, granted, that's technically, you know, at least within North America, that's child marriage. And that's like, those are child brides and that's not legal. True. But in terms of this idea of parents setting up their children... And particularly setting up their children with in, in, within the, the homo- homogeneity of <laughs> your culture, where you're meeting someone who is um, also Spanish-speaking, also Jewish, mm-hmm. from another country, so they're newcomers as well, and, and so culturally similar enough that they would make good marriage material. Right. And so, that, that's the, that, that is that's, the foundation the of any good marriage. That is, is, your cultures are similar, therefore. That's it. Makes me think of, I mean, there are a lot of movies that deal with that, but it makes me think of The Big Sick. Did you see The Big Sick? No. It was with, uh, written and directed by, um, oh, Emily I, is, I can't remember the her last name, um, but it's Kumail Nanjiani's, Kumail Nanjiani and his wife. Emily. I, I, and I don't I remember her are. last name, which no, makes I me nuts. Because she was nominated with him, but she was nominated for right. Best Original Screenplay for that. Because it's about how they met. It's about their life. Um, well, how they met. And then okay. eventually started their life. But it's... And he's... His parents are trying to set him up throughout the entire film because he's of a certain age and... And of a certain and, ethnic and, background. And, and this where is that's what you, what you do. do. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you bring people over and it's... Oh, they're just stopping by. Not so. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, cool. it's funny. So... In this week, Mike Cooper is played by Mike Constantine. Constantine. Michael Constantine. Okay. To to be specific. So for those of you who aren't aware, Michael Constantine was Gus Portocalos in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So he is... He's the Windex man. He's the Windex. <laughs> he is the father. He is the patriarch of the Portocalos family. Ah. Yes. Father to Tula. Right. Tula Portocales. Tula Portocales. Now I really want to watch my big fat Greek wedding. I know, for sure. And the Windex. And the Windex for the pimples. The bunt cake. The bunt cake. Oh. What is a bunt cake? Yeah. And she had the bibopsy. The bibopsy? The bibopsy. Because she had the lump on her neck and it had teeth and hair. Yes. Right here, always a lump. Then I started the menopause and the lump got bigger from the hormones it started to grow. So I go to the doctor and he did the bio, the bo, the the bios, the bo, the biopsy. And inside the lump he found teeth and a spinal column. Yes, inside the lump was my twin. Oh. Spanikopita! You hungry? 
Who played that role? That was the aunt. She was hilarious. Oh, she's great. She's um, a Canadian actress. She is, and she's this is fantastic. In Toronto. Yeah, and it's and she's Canadian as well, if I'm not mistaken. Tula. Yes. Yes, I believe she is. Uh, Nia Vardalos. Nia Vardalos. Yeah. Yeah, she's from Winnipeg. Yeah. Winnipeg, Manitoba, for our American listeners. It's a province. It's yes, <laughs> exactly. And Andrea Martin. That's it. It's yes. Andrea Martin, of Andrea course. Martin. Of course. Oh, Who she, was, is, she was priceless. She's not Canadian. Seriously. I thought Andrea Martin was, was Canadian. Because she's with, like... She's Catherine. from Portland. She's from Maine. I'm so sorry. I, mean, I am, no, too. I'm not, I'm not sorry, but I, I love her, and I somehow... Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's so good. And she's so good in this. Yes. Like, it's, so, it's such a funny movie. It's I remember watching movie. scenes from it. Well, I remember watching flexing. it with Emiliano. Oh, you're kidding. And we would watch, he loves the Bibopsy. Ah, the Bibopsy. <laughs> died every single time we watched it. But yes, yeah, so Michael Constantine Where's plays Mike Cooper. So he is, he's the father, he's Gas Portugalos here. He is the love not so interest of Mary and right. the best friend. He's a really nice man. Like, he's a very he's lovely like man. He's a lovely man and, and a great friend of Lou's and they play <clears> poker <throat> together. Mm-hmm. But there's just, there's nothing... There's no chemistry. No. It happens. Yeah. I've done that with two other people. Where you've set people up and there was no chemistry? Where I've set set people up and it was a disaster. Oh. Yeah. Do tell. <laughs> Do I have to? This is like for public consumption. Mm-hmm. So I set up... You can... Ab- the names, the names shall, the names shall be... The names shall remain <laughs> nameless to protect the nameless innocent. Absolutely. So <laughs> I set up a cousin... Of your father's, oh, male cousin of your father's who lives in Toronto, okay, and who is the brother of a female cousin of your father's who now lives in Toronto. Gotcha. And <laughs> I'm with, with you. You're with me. <laughs> uh, with the younger sister of a very old friend of mine. Okay. Who was single for a very long time and who had dated everyone Michael. in. Yeah, who had dated everyone in Toronto, and so we figured this would be a good match. Ha! And um, <laughs> she's, she's laughing because she knows right off the bat that it was not a good match. Because well, personality-wise, they are from... Oh, night and day. Different ends of the galaxies. <laughs> Never mind They're from planets. different... They they're from, from different, different galaxies, galaxies, let alone different ends of the same one. They are not, yeah. you know... Yeah. He's from the Milky Way, and, and she's... Elsewhere. Yeah. In the best possible way. Andromeda? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way to no. either. No. Because they're lovely people. They're just so mismatched. They just could not be worse for each other. And I think the only reason I fixed them up is because I knew they were both single and they were both interested in dating. <laughs> and that is a, that is a bad, bad reason for fixing yeah, people up. Yeah, that's never a reason. Like, Yentl is not something that you... It's not a hat you just put on and take off. There are responsibilities. If yes. you're going to be the yes. Yenta. Yes. There is there. You wear that hat with pride and ba- reverence and respect. The babushka? The babushka. You wear Not that babushka hat. with pride and reverence and respect. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. <laughs> now I'm just picturing Robin Williams I putting I know, this. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was such a shanda. I should never buy gribbness for Memorial. It's so chewy. 
No, no, I feel like Bobby. This is not working. Yeah, no, this isn't working. But don't worry, it's a work in progress. And you're my brother. I will never let you be embarrassed. God bless you. I think we're gonna have to do the entire face. But look at this nice thing that we have here. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a find, catch me a catch. That's that's the picture I have of my head. Of course. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. Oh, man. But I... Have you been fixed I can't think of having been fixed up. I'm sure it's happened, but it was just so inconsequential that I don't remember. Yeah. I've been asked by friends, do you have anybody that you'd set me up with? Right. And my answer has always been and always will be absolutely no. No. Just no. No. Because I have, you know, uh, I love my friends. I love my acquaintances. I love the people that I know and that I include in my life. Uh Very seldom have I looked at any two single parties and gone, you two would be perfect for each other. Right. More often than not, I go, you two would get along. We should invite you to our social gatherings so that a friendship can blossom. But when it comes to romance or sex or love, hell no. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had friends whom I adore ask me, do you have anybody for me? Is there anyone that you would like to set me up with? And my answer is no. I usually it's because I wouldn't want to subject any of my any of my friends to the person asking me, mm-hmm. despite loving them, but that as a relationship, uh-uh, or vice versa. That, no, you need somebody really fantastic, and none of my friends that I know would be the perfect fit for you. So it's it's either in in either direction, and I have some friends whom I adore, but who, despite my adoration of them, are are colossal disasters as, <laughs> human, the, as human beings. Yes, who oh have my. stuff that they need to figure out. Sure. They're working through the the bullshit of life. Yes, okay. the you know getting their feet grounded, getting themselves grounded, feeling at home in their own skin. All of that stuff that you really do need to do before you're able to sustain any kind of a relationship. Right. You know. To quote RuPaul, if you don't love, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Mm. And it's true. Yeah. And I spent the better part of, you know, about five years or so, five or six years dating and going out with people and not really being in any long term committed relationships and very much learning how to be okay by myself and have my own time to myself. And I did all of that. But I know a lot of friends who are kind of serial monogamists. And when they've gotten out of a relationship and they're like, I'm lonely, set me up with someone. And I'm uh, like, nope, no, <laughs> not going to do that to no. you or to them. That's right. Because that's just a mistake. Not so okay. I, it's not even a rule that I don't fix people up, but it's kind of a rule that I don't fix people up. It's, a, it, it's probably a good rule. Which is interesting when you consider that, and I mentioned this earlier, Bob and I getting together kind of felt like a bit of a fix up, but like an, like a, an incidental fix up because like i don't think we were both invited we and i've mentioned this on a previous episode we showed up at the same house party for a mutual friend it was a housewarming party and rode up in the elevator together bob stood in the corner because he was afraid of me and then we got upstairs and we're walking i well you know resting bitch face is a chronic problem and we went into the party and Ron, the host, poked his head out. Oh, I see you two have met each other. And then the rest is history. Yes. But it was after we met and started talking that I think a light bulb went off in Ron's head and kind of went, 
oh, there's something here. Mm. And he kind of started nurturing it. So I don't think he invited us with the intention of setting us up. But then once we were in the same room together, well, we've been together almost five years. So you do the math. Nice. <laughs> so nice. that's that's yeah. a nice story. I like that. It is. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a very good meet cute. Yeah. It, with respect to um, our episode, mm-hmm. it's interesting how uh, Lou goes about the whole thing. First, it's like, no, I you know I'm breaking my rules for you, and. So the implication is that because I'm breaking my rules for you, you this has to become a successful relationship mm-hmm. because otherwise somehow... Because I've gone out on a limb for you. I've gone out on a limb and you're going to break that limb before you give it a chance. Oh, that's right. He, he said, he, and he has he that whole that. line about yeah. it. Yeah. And, well, it's it's kind of like going out on a limb to recommend somebody for a job. Like, yes. what if it doesn't work out? Yes. Then you're the one responsible. Like, this was pr- probably the best of a bad situation where you you fix two people up and there's just nothing there. So they politely and respectfully call it a day and they keep in touch because they were keeping in touch anyways. And For sure. Say la vie. And no, no hard feelings no. in any direction. But if you're in a really bad situation where... You know, you fix someone up, like you fix up one best friend with another best friend. And they end up hating each other. Like vitriolically, like with the fire of a thousand suns. (laughs) And it doesn't work out in the worst possible way. You've lost two friends. Exactly. Yeah. Or you have to negotiate and navigate that really tenuously. Or even, or like he said in his other example, why he doesn't fix friends up. Because he fixed up one his best friend from school, and he and they got married, and Mary's like, what? It's like, well, now he's he, it's a bad marriage. A tw- twenty so, something, you know, they've been married for yeah. you know, decades, and now the guy would be happy if he hadn't, if he Lou hadn't, hadn't interfered set and hadn't set them up. But now, see, now I'm wondering is did they get married because Lou pressured them so much because of going out on a limb on introducing them? Could be like. Is that why they got married? In which case, is that why they're in a terrible relationship? In which case, really, all of this is their fault. Well, all of this is all of it is Lou's fault for the pressure. Ah, but it's their fault. He meddles. He meddles. He does. He's a meddler. He's a yenta. He's a he's a yenta. He's a yenta. But he doesn't want to be a yenta. But I can picture him with a babushka. (laughs) Now I really want to see Lou Grant with a babushka. Ed Asner with babushka. Exactly. Ed Asner. Ed Asner con babushka. Con babushka. Is that is that a painting? Is that, is that someone's painting? I hope so. Uh, a nice velvet painting to hang in your it. bathroom. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. And it's it's funny too with with Lou. You know, there there are a few things that that you kind of that are still cringe worthy, and you have to take a step back and say, no, this was all. You know, it was 1971 and people spoke that way. Like he refers to her as a girl and isn't she good looking? And he wants her to wear the The purple purple dress, dress. which we have not seen. Or maybe we have seen and I don't know. She does wear purple. But but it's, it's like, I want to package you pretty so that he'll like you. Well, yeah, it's kind of, and they go to, they go to a Japanese restaurant for lunch together. And I I said, you know, it's kind of appropriate because it feels like he's trying to sell her as if she was a geisha. It's like, well, look, you know, look at her. Isn't she beautiful? She's this. These are all of the talents that she possesses. Yes. Have her. Yes. 
Like he's trying to sell her or something. Yes, it's very this is perverse. My daughter. This is my daughter and I'm selling her. Well, kind yeah. Of thing. Like, yeah, you know, it's, give it's, me two goats and a lamb. Yep. And much. it's, you know, she shows up to work and she's in a red dress instead of the purple dress. And a lovely all, red dress we might add. Yeah. It's a, and we've seen it before. She yep. wore it in season one. It's a beautiful, beautiful it's dress. It's work appropriate. It's very work appropriate. And I'm inclined to think that, like, the purple dress is work not appropriate. That's Just the with the way you get the way the way he kind of you know and the way Mike talks about her versus his type of woman when he says you're just not my type and she's like oh what a relief and then well wait a minute what do you mean I'm not your type yeah. and the way he describes her as you know I like a woman who's a meal and you're more like dessert it's like okay that, that's so sexist so that's so awful what what does that mean. <laughs> Although it was hilarious when they're in the office and he's like, and, and he says, and Lou asks, you know, well, why don't you like her? He says, she's fat, Lou. And he goes, what? And it just <laughs> quickly, like it's, I wouldn't be it's surprised funny. if that was ad-libbed because it's just so sharp and so clever. So clever. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's really strange. And the way that he keeps addressing her as, you know, girl, like when they when he's telling her that he's not interested in her and saying, but you're not interested in me either. So this is OK. And, you know, you're a very nice girl. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. She's 30. She's a woman. Like she's, she's a woman. She's now 31. She's now 31. In theory, right. she's in theory, 31. We don't know. But come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Like, no, stop it. Like, ugh. But again, I think that's going to be an ongoing issue throughout the series. It will. If we, I will mark the occasion. When they call her a woman? Yes. Okay. When a man calls her a woman. Because yeah. Phyllis will frequently refer to herself and, and Rhoda and Mary. As girls. As, as, well, she'll refer or to them as, as girls, but she'll also use the term women, sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But, yeah, when, some, when they start saying women, we'll make note of it. We'll celebrate and pop some more champagne or something. Done. We'll, uh, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think it's, it just takes a really long time for the vocabulary to become mainstream. Exactly. Um, yeah. (laughs) So that was, we're off to an interesting start with season two in that our first episode was all about, you know, let's talk about sex, baby. And now it, this was, again, a bit, of a, a bit of a nothing, but we'll see how things progress next week on the show. He's no heavy. He's my brother. That's interesting. That's the title of a song. He's not heavy. He ain't heavy. He's yeah, my brother. Exactly. Yeah. Mary and Rhoda live to regret allowing a waiter arrange. Wait, the phrasing here is very strange. Mary and Rhoda live to regret allowing a waiter to arrange for their Mexican hotel accommodations when he asks them to deliver a mysterious package. What? That's weird. I guess we'll have to watch it and see. It doesn't... It sounds vaguely... I I can't quite understand what that means. What is it? Midnight Express? Kind of. Broke Down Palace? Yeah. (laughs) Future remake? The episode is directed by Jerry Paris and is written by Alan Burns. So neither of whom I think we've seen very much of as Jerry, of yet. Is Jerry Paris someone who wrote for the Dick Van Dyke show? Sounds like a familiar name to me, but I'm not really sure. Jerry Paris directed episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. And Police Academy. And Happy Days. Oh, cool. He's worked on a bunch of stuff. Cool. So this will be, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they're not, you know, arrested for drug smuggling. So- 
Yeah, <laughs> Mary Tyler so. Moore Mary by Tyler way of broke down. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, not so no, much. Not happening. But thanks for tuning in, guys. You can, uh, of course, as per usual, find us on all major social media platforms at A Frame Apart. Sorry, no, that is my other podcast. I gotta stop doing that. You can find us Your at... Your streams are crossing. The streams are crossing. The universe is going to implode. Find us at After All Podcast. And you can email us at afterallpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on all major uh, podcasting networks as well. But please head on over to iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And until next time.